Welcome to the Thriving Solopreneur Show, where you learn the stories and systems that have turned hardworking, self-employed business owners like yourself into highly successful, leisurely entrepreneurs. This show is dedicated to those who went into business for themselves because they had an idea or suggestion that ignited their passions to do more, to do it better, and to solve a problem in our community. Whether your business started in a basement, a garage, or at a kitchen table, this episode will bring to you a system, a tip, or an entrepreneur that has been where you are and can guide you to living the fulfilling life you desire for yourself. Here's your host and serial solopreneur, Janine Bolin. Hi, this is Janine Bolin with the Thriving Solopreneur Show, and today's guest is Meredith Bell, who has been an entrepreneur since 1982. She is an expert in helping leaders and team members improve the way they communicate with one another. She is also the co-founder and president of Performance Support Systems, which is basically a global software company out of Virginia. They have an award-winning assessment and development tool that you can use as a business consultant or a if you're a leadership coach, or maybe you're a human resource professional and you're just looking for improvements with performance, they can help you. Meredith and her two business partners have worked together for over 30 years. So we're talking about a well-oiled machine here. And many of her clients have done business with them for over 20 years. I mean, so like their client retention rate is pretty high. Meredith is author and co-author of two books. Her solo book is Strong for Performance. Basically, that describes the coaching culture culture and training programs that basically help a business with their performance. And today we are going to be discussing her latest book, which is Connect With Your Team, Mastering the Top 10 Communication Skills. She co-authored that one with Danny Coates, her business partner of over 30 years. So it's wonderful to have Meredith with us on the show today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh, thank you, Janine. I'm very excited to be here and share information that will be useful for your listeners. Yeah, well, first off, uh, one of those things is a lot of people will say, you know, I really want to talk to an expert and I don't want a fly by night person. You know, I want to make sure that somebody's solid in their in their business model. And that's why I'm like, well, let me introduce you to Meredith Bell. <laughs> because <laughs> You're one of these people you've been around and you've seen all the tech as it's changed and communication. A lot of people talk about how it's changed so much because of the tech. Well, it really hasn't. Right. The way human beings communicate has not changed. I would love your perspective on that, if you don't mind to start off with that topic. Oh, I would love to talk about that because the truth is basic communication skills that lead to effective relationships have not changed. We all have the same need to be understood, to be respected, to be appreciated, to be valued. And the technologies that have come on the scene in the last however far back you want to go, 10, 20 years with, you know, texting and email, none of that replaces the real bonding that takes place in relationship building when two people can interact with each other. And of course, that can happen over the phone. Uh, in person, as we've learned over the last year or so, you know, virtually on video. But to really have that human connection requires interaction. It requires communication, listening, talking, you know, giving feedback. I think one of the key things 
that also has not changed, and I say this with sadness, is that people still are not learning beginning in school the most effective ways to communicate. They, you know, our parents do the best they can, but they haven't had this kind of training either on how to connect. So some of us, like I, was lucky to grow up in a home where my parents loved us, but they still, you know, didn't really teach me how to resolve conflict when you and another person are are different. My my parents used to, you know, have private conversations. The kids didn't really witness them, right? Working out differences. And so most of the time, people don't have really good role models. In fact, in many cases, it's destructive. People are critical, you know, they just don't have these interpersonal skills. And we're on a mission because we know there's so much unnecessary pain out there from people not knowing the best ways to listen, to share differences of opinion so that they don't elevate or escalate into arguments. So there are some things that really have not changed over time, and we're out to improve the way people communicate with each other. Well, I'm going to date myself a little bit. One of the things that really made me sad originally when we came up with texting and the watches was I always had imagined that when we got really cool watches, we could be like Dick Tracy, you know, because Dick Tracy could see who he was talking to as well as hear them. And and I was like, oh, man, all we can do is text on these phones and all that. Well, now, of course, you have the smart watches that can do the uh, FaceTime or whatever, whatever you're working with at that moment. But it was one of those things that I was just like, when we were able to do texting and everybody was raging about texting, I was sad because I was like, we were losing the things that were so awesome, like for our science fiction uh, works and and our people with the books and the comic books and all that, which was being able to do audiovisual. Well, 2020 has definitely brought that to the forefront for us. So I think we need people like you to say, yes, you can still have very intimate very personal and very solid communication, especially if you are able to see someone visually as well as hear them on Zoom. So what are some of the, like, give us the top three things that you notice people are not doing very effectively on Zoom so that we can change our behavior and be better about our communication skills. Oh, what a good question. Well, one thing I would say is truly listening and being fully present with the other person. Because so many times we're trying to multitask. And so we're only giving partial attention to the person, which means we miss some of what they say. And if we're not on camera, we can be guilty of trying to do other things that they can't see us do. But I think it's too often we get so excited about what we wanna say that we're simply waiting for our turn to talk instead of really listening to what the other person is saying and building on either comments, observations, or even concerns that they might be bringing up because we're preoccupied with what we wanna say next. And if it's a difference of opinion, we often get caught up in wanting to convince the other person that we're right. So I think that that gets in the way of really connecting 
with another person. We're so, I think our egos can get in the way because we're afraid of, of um, coming across as wrong or not having all of our, you know, not having our act together or other things that really build walls instead of bridges. And so I think a core foundational skill that very few people do really well, Janine is listening. It really is to to hear not just what the person is saying in their words, but to pay attention to how they're saying it, how they look when they're saying it, when we do have that video component available. And then pausing long enough to check it out. Because the other mistake we make is assumptions. We assume we know what they meant because of how they sounded. Well, they could have just had an argument with a family member or, you know, some gotten some tragic news. We can't know what's going on with someone else if they react in a way that we would not have predicted or had hoped for. And so it's always good to simply ask, what's going on right now? You know, just to slow it down a little bit. Because I think there is this sense that we don't have enough time and we're all busy. And yet, if we're inefficient in the way we have our conversations, we pay the price later with misunderstandings that now we have to make amends or we have to, you know, resolve issues that could have been avoided if we had slowed down long enough to ask some questions. And I will tell you that this is something my two business partners and I still practice today after 30 years of working together. We know each other really well. But I can tell if I get on a call with Paula, let's say, and I hear something in her voice that tells me something's not quite right. I don't just try to push ahead with whatever it was we were starting to talk about to begin with. I'll stop and just ask, what's going on today? And, you know, that might take us, take us on a sidetrack for five or 10 minutes. It doesn't matter. The relationship is really key there. And for me to have noticed and brought it up means a lot to her because she's trying to be businesslike. She doesn't want to interject a personal thing, maybe. But the fact that I noticed and took time allows us to both move ahead with full attention. Thank you so much for that, because one of the the stories that I love to share regarding this concept is I ran into a multimillionaire at a uh, airport and we were chatting and I recognized him from one of his books and I sat down and chatted with him and I asked him, you know, how did he get to where he was? And he talked about listening and he said in his young days, when he was a 20 something, he thought he was king of the world. But something happened for him at 29. He did not share that very private story. But at 29, something happened and he decided for a full year he would make sure he wasn't thinking of anything when someone else was speaking, that he would just sit there 
and listen. And then he wouldn't formulate in his head a response, which is really saying something for men. You know, men and women are wired differently. But for a man to say that he was going to sit there and try to keep as clear a mind as possible and wait till the other person had stopped talking and then try to formulate a response, you know, reformulate a response is really amazing. He was, he became known as one of the most caring, one of the most considerate, compassionate, wise men of his company at the time. And people really respected him. He says, my business just went off the charts. People felt like I was very uh, compassionate. He goes, I always had been. I felt I had only made one small change in my life. And so that's why I was so excited about having you on, because those are the type of stories where people's businesses, seriously, they take off, they triple, quadruple, because you're taking the time to literally listen to your clients, you're listening to your team part, you know, your power partners. A lot of solopreneurs have you know, freelancers that work with them. And so all of these things that you mention in your book, Connect with Your Team, Mastering the Top 10 Communication Skills, I just wanted to let folks know that listening bit really ties into your profitability. And so if you don't mind, what is, uh, I had asked you for three, we got off on, you know, me took you off on to the listening part. What are some of the, what are the other two that you can think of that people could really benefit from? Oh, well, one I thought of as you were talking about that a multimillionaire you spoke with, a really big thing is finding things to appreciate in others and expressing that to them. And I'm not talking about, you know, buying some expensive gift. I'm talking about verbally and in writing, letting people know very specifically what it is you appreciate about them. And I will give you an example. I don't know if you're familiar with Bill Glazer. He and Dan Kennedy had the Glazer Kennedy Insider Circle GKIC, which still exists, but Bill sold his um, the company. But back when he was running it, I would attend their conferences. And I made a point during breaks to go up to him and simply let him know what it was specifically I was enjoying about that particular conference. You know, if it was a speaker that had just been on, because I've run events myself and I know how people tend to criticize things. And I'm out for looking at what can I do to express appreciation? So he's <laughs> when I told him what I and I remember now what it was that particular thing was, but he what I remember is his response. He looked at me and he grinned and he said, Meredith, could you call me every day? You're always so positive, And I just would love hearing those kinds of things. And in my mind, I thought, you know, here's a man. He's a millionaire many times over. And yet he is. I won't say craving, but deeply appreciative of this kind of positive input. And I think we tend to either overlook the opportunities or withhold it because somehow we think giving to someone else is taking away from us. And what was interesting, Janine, is a couple of months later, I oh, also after the conference, I had written this I found the perfect card and I wrote this lengthy note thanking him and his team for all the things they did. And I listed out, again, specific things. I opened up my newsletter, which was about, you know, a 12 page newsletter they sent out monthly. And my card was enlarged on one of the pages, you know, and 
I was kind of flabbergasted at first. I thought, oh my gosh. And then I realized it's just one more way that he appreciated my expressing appreciation. Now that's not why I sent the card. I just know the value of expressing to people what they mean to you or what they've done means to you. And so I just think that's a really important thing we could all kick up a notch is where are opportunities for me to say something to someone that helps them know, I appreciate what you did. I appreciate what you said. Thank you for introducing me to this person. We can never assume that somebody already knows it or that they don't need it. We all need to know that what we do matters. And so looking for opportunities, I think, is just a critical piece. So that would be one. And the third one would be around feedback. (laughs) And I I guess I'll do this in a two-pronged way, receiving feedback and giving feedback. (laughs) Because again, we're not trained how to do either one of those very effectively. And I remember an article years ago, I don't remember where it was now, but they had interviewed a lot of CEOs of companies. What's something you regret from your leadership? And a number of them said, you know what? I wished I had addressed problems sooner, given people feedback more readily, because it's natural that we hope someone else sees what needs to be done, right? We are hoping they'll figure it out. Well, guess what? If it's a blind spot for them and no one brings up the issue to them, it's unlikely that they're going to suddenly wake up one day and go, oh, I need to change the way I do this or that. So learning how to give feedback in a way that's encouraging to someone and doesn't feel like criticism, a put down, um, you know, that they aren't Um, worthy, that they, you know, just don't measure up, but to do it in a way that affirms who they are, what they've done in the past that you do appreciate, and then bringing up the specific behavior or words that were said and why that caused a problem. What was the negative consequence or impact of what they did or said so that they know, oh, I didn't realize that I caused this person that kind of, and and then to let them know what it is that you would like them to do differently in the future and get them to commit to that. It's a fairly simple process. And then expressing confidence that you can, that they can do that and that you're there to support them because it's, it's really important to convey that you don't expect perfection from someone that we assume they're doing their best. And if they've made this mistake, it was an honest mistake, just like we would want them to extend that same courtesy to us. So I think this whole thing of not stuffing it and resenting and you know, becoming passive aggressive later after we have to blow up because we've let it fester inside of it us so long is coming across in a way that's not judgmental but simply expresses what you need from this person, what you didn't get and what you need. Does that make sense? It does to me. Yes, I totally understand. Yep. (laughs) Um, On the receiving side, you know, that's so tricky too, because that's another area that it's easy to get our 
ego in the way. If somebody points out something to us that we said or did, the first reaction that comes naturally is to justify it, explain it, you know, here was my rationale. And instead, if we could simply say, oh, thank you. I didn't realize I did that. Thanking somebody. What you're doing there is opening the door to receive a gift. If you can look at feedback as a gift instead of as criticism, no matter how the person delivers it, because again, most people don't have training in how to deliver feedback well. So whatever you're, you're receiving, what you want to be asking yourself is, what is the person really trying to convey to me? What is it they're needing that they didn't get from what I said or did? And not only thanking them, but being willing to apologize. That's huge. And again, we often think, mm, I'm not going to apologize and let them think I'm weak. It's a sign of strength to apologize because you're letting them know, hey, I'm not perfect. I'm learning still. And so to have someone be willing to share that with you and thank them and then ask, what is it you need from me in the future? You know, what would it look like for you if I were doing and then you can think about, am I willing to do what the person is asking? Maybe what they're asking for, from you is not something you want to do. And, but to have a dialogue about it, I think, is so important because the key thing is knowing that you're wanting to support others and you would like their support as you work on, let's say, making a change. And I'll give you a quick example, but going back to Denny and Paula and me years ago, Denny would interrupt Paula and me, you know, he'd be in a hurry. He'd think he'd know what we were going to say. And so he'd jump in and finish our sentences. And it was like, um, oh, this isn't working. <laughs> so we worked out a signal because he was sincere about wanting to stop that habit. It was a habit. And so Paula and I came up with two things that would be supportive for him. One was when we were in person, just hold our hand up like a stop sign, you know, and that would be his cue. Oops, I'm jumping in where I shouldn't. And the other was to simply say, I wasn't done yet, or please let me finish. And tone of voice is very important in that situation, right? Because if you say, I wasn't done yet, well, that's not very supportive for the person who's trying to change their behavior. So we still today, I will tell you, Janine, when we're in a conversation, the three of us, and we're kind of brainstorming or being creative and somebody's got an idea and they jump in, we still say that, oh, I wasn't done yet. Oops. We just back off and say, sorry, please finish. So it's just, you know, a natural way of interacting without getting, um, I was going to say on your high horse, you know, this whole thing of taking it personally, it's not intended Personally, when somebody jumps in, they're not intentionally trying to insult you and disrespect you. It's just sometimes they're excited or they forget. And so to remind people in a way that is supportive builds that trust that's the foundation of working well with someone else or living well with someone else if it's a family member. That was what I was definitely going to go 
to next was this: these are skills, even though the book is a business book, connecting with your team, mastering the top 10 communication skills, even though that is a business book, it's still one of those that say you're a solopreneur. And I've had a lot of people say, well, Jenny and I don't have a team. I'm like, how many freelancers do you hire to do your work for you? Or do you have a virtual assistant? Or come on now, I know that you do not live in a box. <laughs> there are people yeah. that you are integrating with in one way or another. And even with just basic uh, networking, I have seen so many people kind of shoot themselves in the foot with basic networking because they were so intent on letting the other person know everything about them and how, what they did and how they could serve them, that they didn't give a chance for the relationship to kind of develop to see if maybe their skill sets weren't anything that that person had a desire for. I, I had a gentleman do that the, the other day to me when I was on a networking event on Zoom. And he went off and started telling me all the things I need to do for my business. And all he knew about me was that I was a podcaster. He didn't realize that I actually am a corporate person who has eight different businesses and three different virtual assistants who keep me running, right? So that was one of the funny things. He started telling me all the things he could do for me and my podcast, not realizing my, how many my company produces. So it was that was just kind of a giggle for me. But at the same time, it let me know this guy needs a lot of coaching. <laughs> he needs he needs a Meredith. And I, <laughs> I, I bought your book and sent it to him because... So it's like, this helped me. And that's how I do that. I don't bust on people because like you said, they're doing their best. And it's like, I sent it with a note that said, I know that this book really helped me. And it's not really a lie because I always get, you know, five or six gold nuggets from books like yours. So anyway, just wanted to let you know that that's how I've been using that. So one of the things that is delightful about your website is you actually give us a free chapter and it's on the most important one you talked about. It was on listening. So how does somebody get a hold of that free chapter from you? Sure. It's our website, Grow Strong Leaders with an S dot com forward slash free. So easy to find. Easy to find. Wonderful. And is there anything else you want to wrap this show up with? Uh, anything that we haven't talked about yet you want to share? You know, there's one other um, one other thing that people can do if they want to be really good communicators, and that is to ask questions. You just made me think about it when you were talking about this fellow telling, 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 right? We can learn so much more about the other people in our lives if we simply ask questions to learn about them. And again, not make assumptions after they answer the first question to assume we've got it and then jump in with whatever we want to say, but to slow down and to go a little deeper and to get it there thinking about, okay, so that's an interesting perspective. What caused you to conclude that that was the case or, or what caused you to decide to go that route instead of another one? So you really come to understand more about their thinking, what's important to them. Too often, I can tell you as a parent, I, I didn't do this well all the time with our daughter, of trying to you know give advice and save them from experiencing pain, right? Or, you know, making mistakes. And really a lot of times what they simply want is a listening ear. If they're talking about something, I still remember one time jumping in with solutions to a problem my daughter had already solved. She was just trying to relay this to me and talk to me about it. 
And I still, to this day, this is more than 20 years ago, I still appreciate her saying, mom, all I needed you to do was listen. I already took care of this. <laughs> I thought, oh man, I mean, I was teaching classes on this and I still didn't do it right. So it's a, it's a lifelong learning process. I don't want any listeners to think you're going to finally arrive and you've got the answer to everything because human beings are not simple like that. You know, the people we deal with um, each require individual approaches and we just need to say, you know, I'm learning, I'm growing and I'm willing to make amends if there's something I do that is, you know, hurtful or uh, inadvertently causes problems for someone. And that's Meredith Bell, author, co-author of Connect With Your Team, Mastering the Top 10 Communication Skills. How can somebody get a hold of you if they like what you're saying and they really want to get to having some one-on-one -on -one coaching with you? Well, interesting. We don't provide the coaching. I'm always glad to have a conversation with folks. We have our books and our software tools. They can connect with me on LinkedIn where I'm active. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. My email address is meredith at growstrongleaders.com. And I would welcome anyone to talk to me if they have questions about communicating more effectively. Wonderful. Thank you very much for your time today. And this is Janine Bolin with the Thriving Solopreneur Show. And we look forward to seeing you next Friday with a new episode. Thank you for listening to The Thriving Solopreneur Show. We hope you found this episode helpful and uplifting. Be sure to visit us at janinebolin.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find a library of videos, books, and podcast programs to guide you to the future you envision for yourself. We also ask that you visit our sponsor, the8gates.com, for the books and online courses that share with you the debt-free living lifestyle that allows business owners like yourself to flourish. Have a great day and see you next time.